Hi, I'm Brian Boger. Welcome to my podcast, Flipping the Lid. I'm a husband, father, entrepreneur, and well, just a human being like you. I've faced personal tragedy, significant trauma. I've dealt with shame, anger, and self-doubt, all of which have created a ripple effect of damage in my world. I'm grateful that I've learned the importance of looking and going inside to create, repair, unpack, and reach levels of success that I never believed possible. Now as a coach, keynote speaker, and author, I'm fascinated by the stories that have shaped some of our world's most significant and successful individuals. So we're gonna flip the lid and take a look inside the stories that have shaped their lives and success. And we'll be featuring a number of individuals who have literally flipped the lid in their lives and businesses. Welcome to Flipping the Lid. Let's go jump in. Welcome back to another episode of Flipping the Lid. You knew what we do here by now. You've listened to enough. You've seen that we literally look inside the stories that have shaped the most significant successful individuals that are creating impact in this world. And every time we are creating opportunities for people to see what the real experience looks like, the real depth of how difficult, lonely, and isolated this entrepreneur game can be, or a high level success in building a multi-million or multi-billion dollar business, it can be very challenging, it can be tough. And the guest that we have with you today has been in the digital marketing space for a very long time, has a number of close friends that are names that you'll recognize. The guy has created so much impact and became known as one of the LinkedIn experts for years because of the way that he showed up. I've known this individual for a couple of years and as I've gotten to know him and seen from the first second how pure his heart is, it's been really amazing to see him shed so many layers over these last few years to finally reach out and grab the life that he always envisioned. The one that he thought wasn't possible, but was chasing every day to get. And he realized that he had to go 180 degrees in the opposite direction. He literally has rebuilt. He's positioned himself in such a beautiful way. And he's not only an enlightened man himself, but he's creating channels to enlighten and connect more men to have the real conversations that need to take place. For those of you who know our world, you know that we believe that true strength actually hides behind vulnerability. This man lives it, he breathes it, and I cannot wait to jump in today. Trevor Man, welcome. Brother, I'm gonna receive all of that because that is actually part of my journey is, do I actually let everything you said actually land with me? And the old version would say, no, no, I'm not that person, but I appreciate that, man. You, you gave a good summary. And what I heard is that you want the truth here today. <laughs> man, that's, I, I'm a seeker of truth. My purpose in life is to allow my truth to give others permission to live theirs. And we always say that the only way we determine if people don't belong in our world is if they don't have the desire or courage to stand in their own truth. Because the truth is the only thing that's real. And it's the only thing that sets us free, brother. 100% and it's scary as shit. Let's not sugarcoat it either, you know? Like it's <laughs> it's the thing that when you think, should I do that? That kind of feels like it'll be hard. The answer is always yes, that is the thing that you should lean into now. And my experience has told me that usually it's not the thing I'm looking for. It's the thing that comes and slaps me in the face and says, hey, you've been neglecting this part of your being and your life yeah. and your relationships and everything else. And now it's time for a wake up call. So. It's going to be fun, man. The only Can't thing wait. the only thing I disagree with in the statement that you said is I don't like the worst of the, the the use of the word should in my own world because should to me is a shame-based word it implies that whoever I am or whatever I'm doing it's not good enough 
And that was one of my stories is that I should all over myself for years because the world told me who I should be and all what I should want. And ultimately, I got all the what's the world told me, but it cost me the ultimate price, which was who I was, brother. Mm. And so I no longer say should. I say, what could I do differently? What would I do next time? And in this case, what I hear more than anything is it's like, no, 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 no. Always lean into the hard things. And so the nuance of the word should just takes it to a different path. But brother, man, I introduced you based on who I see you to be, right? <laughs> but can yeah. you tell us who you are from your perspective? Man, it's funny you asked that question because we were just talking about a mutual friend who we're both going to go on his show and then bring him on to ours as well too. And mm -hmm. he sent me over a document that says, you know, give me your short bio description. And I recognize that for the better part of a year and a half, I haven't really looked at that, right? I haven't spent the time to just draft the short version and the long version and all that. I got pieces all over the place, but I went back to, you know, what I have on my LinkedIn profile and, and recognize some of the w places where it's maybe misaligned a little bit and I get to revisit it and same with my website and all of that. And then I ended up coming back to, Man, I am uh, a husband to Sharmella, my wife. Mm -hmm. I am a father of two boys, Logan and Bodhi. I'm the co-creator of a space that we call the Extremely Conscious Man Movement. And I am the co-creator of a business that my wife and I run called Single Ventures, which has a whole bunch of things that we do under that. And, and I am the co-creator of the Trevor Turnbull Show, which is basically me and my life and the documented journey of that. And when I say co-creation, I mean me and the elevated version of myself, which quite mm. frankly, man, was something that even just in, in the last couple of weeks, I didn't relate the word co-creation to co-creation with myself. It was always like working with someone else. Right. But it was, it was like, a aha, like, Oh, that's right. There's me, how I show up in this world. And then there's that version of myself that I know that I already wow. am if I just step into the damn thing. So all of these things are a co-creation, even when they're ran solo by me. So that's the best summary I got of who I am, man, and what I'm up to. I love the summary. And I also love the way that you wrapped it, not only in how you led into it, but where you took it, which is that you're a husband and father first. Because though I didn't say those words in my introduction, that's one of the first things I think of when I think of you. Mm. I think of how you choose to live your life in every single moment, those that you choose to connect with. And I think it's really beautiful, this concept of co-creation. So I want to jump right on that because mm -hmm. what you also talked about is not just the co-creation with your higher self, but I actually genuinely believe that to co-create with others, you have to be able to co-create with yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to hear like what your perspective is on that and how this shift in your definition of co-creation has landed for you now and the impact of it in your life. Yeah. Great question, man. The, I think the best way for me to summarize it was there was always a part of me that was maybe um, looking for the acknowledgement of others for self-worth mm. at its core, right? It was, you know, what can I do next? What's the next thing? What's the next stage? What's the next uh, platform that I can, you know, produce content for or be on a podcast for or whatever? Yeah. Just it was an outward thing of, of needing others to kind of say, like, you're amazing, man. Like, keep going, mm -hmm. right? And that's just a lonely, never-ending uh, spiral of, of crazy, really, right? It's like, eventually, I had to start to take some really deep dive looks at my own beliefs and my upbringing and why I 
show up the way that I do every day and where I was saying that I wanted a certain thing in my life or that I was aspiring to be a certain way and where I was so out of alignment with how I was actually showing up. And, and now I would say like the practice of that is really grounded in like breathwork, meditation, journaling, like journaling in particular conversation with myself. I had a day yesterday, man, where we were talking about this before, but you know, you got water pipes bursting and I got vehicles breaking down here in Costa Rica and I'm trying to get the kids to school and the teacher's printer broke down. So she can't print stuff. So I was driving around all morning trying to find her a printer. Cause I recognized that like this woman's teaching our kids. So of course I get to make that a priority. I'm going to go find you a printer. Right. But how do I find the calm within? And yesterday I spent three hours just journaling in this book right here. Old me a year ago would think that's insane. Like that's such a waste of time. I, I could be doing stuff, you know, being productive. But now that conversation with self, I can start to recognize where I'm getting in my own damn way or where something is just no longer serving me anymore and blocking my ability to truly expand time and, and take that surfboard out I think you can kind of see it on the video, but take that oh, surfboard yeah. out because that's part of the reason why we moved here to Costa Rica and I'm not getting in the water enough right now. So it's a long answer yeah. to your question, but it's, it's, it's all of that, man. And you can see that it, I, I'm still in it and I've recognized that like this won't end. I'm here mm -hmm. to be a storm rider. Like I'm here to just ride these waves and do the best that I can and do a little better every day. You know, I, I personally identify as well as I know a bunch of the guests that have been on this show, as well as a number of the people that listen to this show who really understand what it means when we say that we have learned how to give and receive love and connection through validation and performance. Mm. And the rat race that that puts us on and the ultimate level of emptiness that we still exist in. I love how beautifully you pull it back into really just trying to center yourself and align yourself. Because I genuinely believe that the greatest amount of resistance and energy drain that exists for people is when they there is a lack of alignment somewhere either in their life or between their mental, spiritual, and emotional narratives and how they're seeing themselves in the world they live in. And so mm -hmm. you talk about that so beautifully and your ability to learn to be, which I will tell you that the more I've learned to be, the more I am. Mm -hmm. But I want to take you back to a space because you started to highlight, I was in this place where I was seeking love, connection, validation from others. And I was in this consistent need to create, to do more, to get their feedback, to be seen a certain way, to get the accommodation and the praise, to know that I was worthy and valuable. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about a specific situation where you were able to become aware of the fact that that's what was happening and how long from the point of awareness did it take before you started a course correct? <laughs> so I'll keep this as concise as possible, but the one timeline, the one point on my timeline that I think I can look back to was around 2013 when I was about five years into my journey as identifying as a digital marketer on online entrepreneur, that type of thing. And at that time, I was actually collaborating with Lewis Howes, who people that are listening probably know who Lewis is. And there was a, always this sense of like, man, look at this guy is like excelling and I'm so grateful that we're working together, but like, I should be there. Why am I not mm. that guy, you know? And I remember at that time, 
he was going through a big shift and transition himself too. And he approached me one day and, and said, Hey, do you want to create that unlimited wealth that you've always been talking about and, you know, have an incredible relationship and just, you know, live all those dreams that you're thinking about. And I was like, yeah, man, I want that. Right. Of course. He's like, cool. You need to come to this experience in LA. And I did. And I thought I was going to like a business mastermind thing, man. And it was not at all like that. It was like a experiential leadership weekend that led to another weekend and led to like a four month, uh, you know, program for lack of a better term. And the people that I met there and the things that I learned about myself and, um, the path that it set me down, I didn't even realize then how impactful it was going to be in the next, whatever it's been almost 10 years, I guess now since then, and the ups and downs that would come into my life. And, you know, that awakening did not happen then, but it started then, you know, just the ability to recognize when I was creating the pain in my life and the joy and everything in between and just how powerful I am. And to fast forward it though, it was like a year ago, to be honest, you know, we met before then, mm-hmm. I think we were about a year and a half, maybe two years knowing each other now, but about a year ago, it was just a, a breakdown, man, where I, I knew that I, I couldn't keep operating at the same pace that I was for the last decade, which was, I want to see, you know, the hustle mentality, everybody kind of understands that term, but that's literally what it was. It was, yeah, man. And I, and I, uh, and I made it seem okay because I was thinking, well, I'm just like driven. I'm, I'm obsessed with perfection and and growth and yeah, I'm going to grind. Of course, I'm going to put the kids to bed and then work until midnight. And then eventually it just hit me. And I was like, I can't do this anymore, man. I can't. So I had to stop and then go, well, now what, (laughs) what's the answer? And I defaulted back into those old patterns and ways. And luckily Mm. I caught myself pretty quickly within like two, three weeks. And I had people around me to support me on that because I was asking questions that I didn't even know what question to ask with regards to looking for the answer, but I had to just start asking. And, and it was, uh, it was messy, man. I'm not going to lie. Like there was a good couple of months at the start of last year, like in January when I was just angry. I was angry with where I was in my life. I was angry with myself for how how I was showing up. I was angry with the world and how I looked at it and all of the news stuff that was coming out. And we don't even have to get into all those because that's so low vibe. I don't even want to talk about it. But but the truth is, is that it was all necessary for me to get to a different place. I had to go through all of that. And yeah, people want to think that this this space, this place that you want to get to in your own head where you do truly have love for self and true empathy and compassion for others and a desire to actually move on that greater Mm -hmm. purpose, that it's easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. In fact, Mm -mm. it's quite extremely difficult. And that was part of the reason why we ultimately landed on the name Extremely Conscious for the men's Mm -hmm. movement that we have going on right now too, because it's a play on words, right? Part of it is we're men, let's go to extreme stuff. We'll jump out of planes and jump into 40 foot waterfalls and all of that. And you can kind of relate to it, but there's also the other aspect of like, 
what if I extremely recognize that I'm having a shitty day and I need to do nothing today? And I know I got deadlines to meet, but you know what? I'm going outside. And I'm not sure when I'm coming back, but I'm just going to take a walk. Yeah. And that's hard when you program yourself for a decade to not operate that way. And I mm-hmm. see so many people, and I know you and I align on this, we see people that are in that space and they're not even consciously aware as to why it's just been a slow death by a thousand paper cuts almost and it's a pandemic in itself and there's an opportunity though to rise from all of this through all of the pain and this the challenge and the and the fear that everybody's facing right now so yeah that's what comes to mind the latin root to the word suffer means to carry Right. And a lot of what we believe is that people are suffering because of the things that they're carrying that no longer serve them, the trash from their past that right continues to show up. But, you know, you talked about the pattern and how easy it was to fall back into it. Mm. And really the thing that's interesting is again, you and I both know this from the spaces that we've been in and in the perspectives that we now have is that people are never stuck because of the wrong strategy and tactics in their life. Like they're never stuck for that reason, but that's always why they think they're stuck, Mm -hmm. right? If I get to this next place, I have this next conversation, all of a sudden I'm going to be free, right? That's why there's all these seven step systems for success out here that lead people to the exact same path that they were already on because it doesn't disrupt and interrupt and it doesn't cause them to feel well, like garbage as they're going through it and unpacking it. Mm -hmm. And you talked about a year ago is when it really hit you. You talked about the anger. You talked Mm -hmm. about pieces that were starting to surface in your world that you were seeing the lack of congruence in your real day-to-day life. Yeah. When you experience anger and you experience this breakdown that you said, can you give us specifics as to what that felt like in your body? Ah, man, you're bringing me back to it now. Cause I, as I was going through that, a year ago now, last January, there was so much frustration with just what was happening in the world that I was feeling 15-year-old Trevor coming to the surface all over again. And I didn't recognize it at first. I was just thinking like, no, I'm right and they're wrong and I'm going to tell the world (laughs) why. And then as I started to just unpack exactly like what was the root of this like where is this coming from why am i feeling this desire and need to be right in a world where everything has to coexist you know black is white white is black right we've heard all these terminologies and it wasn't an easy thing to look back into but for me man it was a fifth as i was a 15 year old kid i was the same size as i am now which couldn't tell on this recording but i'm six three I'm only 200 pounds now because I dropped like 20 pounds since we moved here to Costa Rica. That's all that surfing, bro, and healthy living. (laughs) Oh, dude, it's amazing. I feel so much stronger. But I was this size when I was 15 years old. And when you're that size and you grow up in the middle of Canada where the only thing you can do is skate on the frozen land that's frozen eight months of the year, you play hockey. And when you're that size, they tell you to play tough. And I played tough. Mm -hmm. Like I was in like a hundred fist fights in my hockey career from the age of like 15 to 20, 21, 22. And I started to numb out to it. Like eventually it was just, Mm -hmm. this is what I do. You know, I didn't think about 
any of the consequences of what I was physically doing to my body or to others even. And uh, it was just my default. You know, when somebody pushes back on me, I fight. And back then it was physically. Now it wasn't physically now, but it was the same kind of feeling in the body. Mm -hmm. And there was almost this sense too that I knew how easily I was able to just kind of flow into a, this is normal kind of state when I was 15, 16, 17, to then recognizing it when I'm 45 and going, whoa, this is not normal. Don't try and convince yourself that it is. Nobody's here to give you what you say you want. Mm -hmm. You have to go and gift it to yourself. Now, what does that look like? And then that was the journey. I was like, exploration of like, well, what does it mean? And then some of the answers I started hearing was like, you need to start journaling your thoughts into a piece of paper. And I was like, that's insane. Like, come on, that, there's no way that's gonna help me. But that was the answer. One of many, right? But it was a, it was a big one. And I recognized yeah. where I was holding up so much resistance to all of it and wanting to make things more complicated. As I've been down this journey now, and you and I just in our little chat before we hopped on here too, started to acknowledge the fact that this, when it is truly aligned, gets to feel effortless. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we're still going to move. Like we, we do stuff and we're, we're creating things, but at the same time, it needs to just kind of like flow. And when it stops feeling flow, like, well, then you pull back and you go in a different direction. And that's the best way I can describe it. I think it's beautiful and thank you for taking us there and thank you for your vulnerability brother in talking about some of those difficult times you know taking us back to your 15 year old self it's i know going to resonate with others who recognize at 45 that they're feeling similar things to when they were 15 or when they were five and your ability to vocalize it with such clarity Uh, I know just alleviated some of the suffering someone else is carrying because they can start to detach that in the way that they view it. You know, you talked about in that period and in the period right after Lewis got you to that event that you started asking yourself difficult questions. What's the most difficult question you've ever asked yourself? Ooh. Honestly, Ben, I would say, you know, am I even worthy of all of this? Am, am I the person that I believe I truly can be? I, mm. I think about when I'm actually in deep reflection and I'm witnessing all the things around me coming true that at one point I thought like, well, that sounds insane, but I think it's possible. And then I start moving in that direction and it starts happening. And I'm like, whoa, that (laughs) like how? And then I find ways to go. Yeah, well, that was a coincidence. You know, like it's not I'm not actually that person to to create something that could have such an impact in the world. That's, you know, I find myself sabotaging myself. So the question is just, am I actually that person that can Mm be as impactful as I truly believe that I can be when I'm really standing in my power. Yeah. And then the journey to explore, what does that actually mean? Does it mean that I have to be on stages? Does it mean that I need millions of followers? Does it mean that 
again, going back to that, that I need others to acknowledge my significance? Or does it mean I get to acknowledge my own significance and recognize that like the work that I do on myself is the most important thing before my relationship with my wife, before my relationship with my mm -hmm. kids, before my relationship with how I can serve and support change makers like you to amplify your message into the world and everything rippling out from there. It's like, if I don't align with it here, it's all facade. It's not real. Yep. I'm, I'm faking it. So, and that causes a person, me in particular, if I'm speaking to myself to really have an honest conversation with myself about everything. Yeah. And that's where, that's where, uh, yeah, you, you you hit those walls and you're like, damn, do I really want to go that deep? And you're like, yeah, yeah. If you're going to be that person, then yes, you do. <laughs> you yeah. do. You got to lead from the front. So I love the way you talk about this with complete openness and complete heart. Like it's obvious that you've done the work and you're still doing the work, right? Still you and I both it, believe man. that there is no final destination, only constant evolution of self. And I know that for me, I'm consistently seeking to just move more things from the unconscious into the conscious so that I can start to become the participant and observer in my life real time, right? Mm -hmm. Just to your point, the enlightened self, the higher self alongside myself in co-creation. And so you talk about extremely conscious men and the initiative that you have, and you talk about it often in this term of enlightenment and as an enlightened man. And mm -hmm. so I'm really curious, like, what is your definition of that term, particularly as a family man? Uh, it comes down to a few different phrases. One is everything is my fault. And that one hits for people a lot of times where it's like, well, no, mm -hmm. sometimes it's my wife's fault. Like, seriously, she shouldn't have done that thing. And then I wouldn't have reacted that way. Or sometimes <laughs> it's my kid's fault, you know, like they won't go to freaking sleep. And I'm, I, I haven't slept for six days and I'm stressed out and I got this thing. It's like, okay, cool. Still your fault. Like you get to take ownership and responsibility for all of it. And then also recognize that whole thought of you want it to be easy. Like this just doesn't work like that. I'm sorry, but it does not work like that. So the minute, the sooner you can surrender to that reality, and realize that even as we do this work on ourselves, and I say work because there's just so many pieces to it. It's not one yeah. particular thing. I just recorded a video inside of a, a community that we created. We called it the Better Man Community, which is basically the you know expanding container for people that just say the simple phrase like, yeah, I wanna be better, cool. Let's get into this space and, and start like unpacking what that actually means. But I mentioned to everybody today that, you know, as extremely conscious as I'm aspiring to be and, and have made leaps and bounds in my own growth in the last year and beyond, man, my son pissed me off the other night. Like he's literally not sleeping at all. And when he wakes up, he screeches with these screams and he's peeing the bed still. And we've been trying to like figure out how to sort that out. And, and I, lost my temper with him the other night and, and got upset and raised my voice. And the extremely conscious man aspect of that is to go, okay, you did that. Own it. That it's a part of you. It's rooted back to that anger and the 15 year old kid that would fight before actually showing up with empathy and love. 
and know that that's never going away. Somebody phrased this to me about a month ago, I think, or at least it landed for me a month ago. The idea of like, how do you, how do you change your habits? Well, one, stop trying to stop the bad habits because the bad habits are always going to be there. They're a part of what's brought you to here. But if you layer on the good habits of rec, like in that case, okay, recognize that wasn't right. I shouldn't have shown up like that. What can I do? Apologize to him, get down to his level, look at him in the eye, give him a hug. Mm -hmm. And then know that I've recognized the pattern and that the next time that that happens, I I'm going to be more well-equipped to react a different way. Mm -hmm. And, and then also just be, uh, you know, kind to myself that I am wired like this and I've had these tendencies to operate like this in the past and it's still there deep down inside. But how do I make sure that I show up as that elevated higher version of myself? The one that wants to lead by example and give my kids a mirror for what it means to show up and be extremely conscious because it's a different definition for everybody. But that that's the best way that I could summarize it, man, is I, I don't have all this stuff figured out, but I do know a few truths that I've learned along the way. And I know when I'm in conversations or I'm in containers with people where I'm just feeling like, man, these are good people. And these are people yeah. that truly have not only intentions, but commitments to be better versions of themselves every day to recognize when they're not being that person to call each other up and to go do epic shit in this life, because we're here to experience it all. And to Bingo. be Yeah. To be creative and imaginative. And man, I can go on forever about this, even with regards to like educating my kids too, because yeah. that's been a whole another thing just in the last year. And I'm still in the middle of it. I got a four and a six year old. So it's another thing I'm navigating. Uh, me as well, brother. We have a seven <laughs> and an almost nine-year-old, and it's uh, it has definitely been one of the most challenging periods of our life. It's also the most meaningful, the most rewarding, and breaking generational patterns in our household has been a lot of effort and a lot of work, and I used to create a lot of damage. And when I created damage, especially when I was blind to it, I didn't necessarily acknowledge or understand the value of repair, which you articulated so beautifully in the interaction you had with your son. Mm. You also talked about this concept of surrender, which I have trust, surrender, breathe tattooed on my arm. You're right. You speak right. the same language and believe the same things. We operate at the same vibration and frequency. And we're talking universal truths delivered through our unique experience and perspective and the words that we choose as we allow it to channel from us. Mm. So beautiful to hear you talk. At what point did you learn to surrender to the concept that repair is necessary when damage is created? Oh, it's been on this last year journey. Beautiful. And I, yeah, and I think it's never one particular thing, but it's best summarized with, I started to become a witness to myself. Like I almost feel like it was, there's out of body experiences of yeah. being in meditation and just being able to look back and recognize that like, again, we talked about this at the start, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Like what, what, how do I get to show up and, and break those patterns too. You talked about like generational 
trauma and mm-hmm. that's another hard one for people to get into and and I'm very conscious right now too because one of the things that I really appreciate about you man is is you pick up on language very quickly and you've corrected me once already and I greatly appreciate that but every time we talk you do that and there's a part of me that walks away going like man I'm so glad he said that out loud because now I'm consciously aware of it and I've said hard a couple of times already and that mm-hmm. I I believe is something that I'm still working through because there's part of me that wants to say like hell yeah it's hard do it anyways, you know, but what if it's not hard? What if it's just the experience that we get to have in this life? So normalize it. This is it. Yeah. You just gave me chills all over because what you just demonstrated <laughs> is it's not even always about the tough questions. Sometimes it's just about different questions. And it's sometimes a simple to shift our perspective in a moment because we are able to see ourselves as the witness mm. or as the observer and the participant real time. Because for me, it's about trying to capture stuff as real to the current moment as possible. Cause I think the only thing that's real is what's right in front of us. Mm. Yet we often don't see the truth because of the trash from our past and the filters that we view the world through because of all the layers of protection and armor that we've built to protect ourselves. Right? Like yeah. this is just truth. And you've clearly shed lots of layers, but I'm going to reflect back to you. Thank you for what you said about how I can be a mirror to you in certain situations and normalizing that it can be done from a place of empathy and compassion because you've not once ever felt as if I'm criticizing you. It's like, hey, perspective shift, brother, right? That to me is really important. And we're always trying to raise awareness moments for our Mm -hmm. kids and myself. I want to shift you a little bit because you talked about breaking patterns and I want to talk about a different kind of break, right? You might have chosen one of the most challenging and complex sports to master and you're proudly holding your, <laughs> your, 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 your materials to do it behind you. Yeah. And, you know, depending on the conditions and the break, right? Like the hardest part to learning to surf for many people is paddling out and or getting themselves in a position where they can time the patterns of the waves to be able to actually catch it. And so what I'd be really curious about is how did you and your wife read the waves differently through all of these experiences that you outlined? And like, how would you define the success of the ride so far? Oh, that's a good question. And it's funny, every time you bring these things up and you ask the questions, I, I immediately kind of transport into that experience of first getting back in the water here in Costa Rica, because I, I didn't grow up surfing at all. I grew up in a prairie province in Canada. And I spent like three weeks in North Shore, Hawaii in like 2015. And that was where I started to really get into like daily surfing and and feeling like, whoa, I'm starting to get this if I just keep doing it. And then eight years goes by and I don't do it at all. And I get here, I'm like, let's go do this thing. Man, my first experience back in the water was magical. And I caught a couple of waves, which part of it was just feeling a feeling almost like the riding a bike analogy, right? It's like, yeah, I built the muscle. And even though my body wasn't in the same kind of shape, but there was another piece of it of just being in the water and the guy that I was out with stopping me for a moment and going, Hey, take, take a look around you. I was like, you know, he's like mountains over here and palm trees here and a hundred people in the water with you and these perfect rolling two foot waves. He's like, yeah, you made it. You're here. He said, most people don't even get here and you're here. And I was like, 
damn, man. And I think to answer your question with regards, because you were referencing my wife and how the two of us are navigating those waves, is to use the same analogy of what I constantly reference in the, the metaphor and the perfect analogy of the riding the waves physically out here and riding mm -hmm. the waves here, is that we've got shit kicked at least a half a dozen times in the last like five months since we've been here. In our relationship, I in laugh. our parenting. I, I'll tell you why in a second. I laugh because just to the whole fucking point, bro, like life hits. It's going to oh. keep hitting. Yeah, that's it. And then, but the things that I've learned though too and how these things relate is the first couple of times being back in the actual physical water and getting mistiming a wave and going over the top of it and slamming down and hitting the sand and like coming up and like brushing off sand off your face and stuff. You're like, whoa, that sucked. Okay, what did I learn? What can I do better next time? And mm -hmm. oh, I didn't die. I'm, I'm okay. All right, let's go do it again. It's the same thing with us too. We have moments where we're both heightened and we're, you know, like a, a very real example of that was the transition of our family to Costa Rica here in the first few months. It's a big move. Like I wasn't actually yeah. really fully understanding or anticipating how transitional and challenging it was going to be, but we uprooted our family. We got rid of everything that we had back in Canada. We rented our place, came down here. And my, I make the joking reference, but my wife was still kind of hovering somewhere probably where you are over Phoenix in a plane two months in, she had not landed here yet. <laughs> and I was, uh, you know, hypothetically, but I, I was, <laughs> I was here, I was here already because I was already starting to prepare myself to get here months before that. So when I got here, I was like, yeah, we're here and there's an ocean over there. I'm going to start surfing, which meant that I was going to pull back on other things like work and everything else. So it created lots of conflict because how we used to operate back in Canada mm. was now 180 by me, but by her, it was only maybe 20% difference and it was creating a lot of conflict. So we had quite a few heated moments in conversation and just in resistance and uh, disconnect with each other. And we're still in it, to be honest, man. But one of the things that we recognized recently was, okay, what was working for us before we created this big, massive change in our life? And we went back to some of the basics of non-negotiable Friday date night. Damn, haven't done that for four months. Maybe we should make it non-negotiable again. Okay, well, we don't have any family here to look after the kids, so we got to get creative. We got to build some relationships and find friends and yeah. babysitters we can trust. And it was just a matter of working those things back and going, okay, what's the first thing that I get to do in order to create that back in my life again? And we're, we're in the process of doing it. We haven't even fully sorted it out yet, but we know that the two of us have navigated so many stormy waters together in our lives, including losing two kids in preterm birth, including making massive shifts in, in our careers and our businesses and our identities and family stuff and everything else that as stormy as it gets, we, we ride it together and we're stronger because of it. That doesn't mean that it's perfect though, because there's some times when both of us are just like, what are we, what am, why am I with you? And she's looking at me and going, why am I with you? And then eventually we're like, oh, that's right. Because we chose to live this life together and we're going to, yeah. we're going to create everything that we desire and also recognize that we already have it.
Like we got two beautiful kids. We're living in a beautiful place down here. We're a six minute walk from the beach right now. We can do and create anything that we want. So it's just a matter mm. of grounding back to that in those moments where you're feeling that internal stress that's totally self-induced. It's the drinking yeah. the poison and expecting somebody else to die kind of analogy. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Just torturing yourself. I, I appreciate how you talk about truth, right? And I, <laughs> I think it's your truth. It's your wife's truth. It's humanity's truth. It's universal truth. You talk about these experiences with such openness that gives others permission to do the same. And I really want to just pause for a second and honor you on that again, because your words are beautiful and your experience though it feels unique to you, is also not unique in so many of the nuances that connect to other people's journeys. And there's a lot of power in that. You know, you talked a lot about the two of you and how you've navigated all these storms. And, and whenever you venture apart or the waves cause you to be separate on your own rafts for just a moment, you ultimately always come back together and recognize the choice and how that mm -hmm. centers you in the strength of togetherness and connectedness. And so with the things that are sure to continue to come and the life hits and the difficulties that are ahead, looking back on where you've come from and where you're going, what are the key elements that are gonna keep you and Sharmila on track in your marriage? And I'm gonna say beyond marriage, your partnership in life, because the mm -hmm. way you are living, you're truly partnering in everything you're doing, similar to my wife and I, in business, with kids, with family, with lifestyle, with all of it, you're doing life together. What are the yeah. key elements that are gonna make sure that you continue to do that and continue to live the life that you've both been wanting to create? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is always just the way that we communicate with each other, consciously being aware of the words that we're choosing and, and when we get to walk away in moments where like, there's no reconciling right now, let's just take some space here. Let's go off on our rafts and drift a little bit and we'll come back. But that takes a secondary though, too, to the acknowledgement that both of us have really leaned into and, and recognized and embodied the last little bit of, if we don't um, reconcile with ourselves and, and where we are with our own love for ourselves, then that love that we have will never actually bind together. And yeah, like the way that it looks for, for me is all of this work in journaling and meditation and breath work and choosing to spend time with people that light me up and recognizing that this whole game is an energy game. And any second that I spend in a space that is not lifting me, it needs to go. And I need to release the feeling of guilt and, and like judgment and anything like that. It's like, no, if it's not at the same level that I'm operating at, it has to be removed. And the scary part about that for people, and I'll just say that from the perspective of like, it's not scary, but the truth is that a lot of people look at that and they think, well, what if we never come back together? What if my wife and I say, I'm going to go find myself and, and recognize self-love and eventually we drift off in different directions. And that's one of the things that we've talked very openly about lately is like, yeah, we might, we might, I, I don't know, but my commitment is to find a way for us to always find our way back to each other. Even when we go down these journeys that quite frankly, we have no idea. Like my wife currently, we went and did a mushroom experience together, which was 
magical, man. And something that 25 years ago was the last time that I did mm-hmm. psychedelics. And then I told myself a story of like, whoa, I don't do that. That shit messes me up. It's not good for me. I don't like to be out of control. And then over the years started meeting different people that are like, yeah, if you do that in an environment where you're out at a bar with strobe lights going and partying and drinking and stuff, this is not a good experience. But if you do it in an experience where there's actually a set and setting that is constituting your ability to yeah. go deep within, it's just unlocking something. It's not the answer. It's just something that will unlock something for you. But we did that together. And my experience was blissful and hers was like torturous. Like she was so sick. But now she's started to go deeper down that path too. And we mm. both started to realize that like, we've been together for 14 years now, 15 years. We're completely different people than when we met. Yeah. So now it's it's almost like, we're finding our way back to each other as these new humans that are deciding whether or not we want to create together, you know? So beautiful. You know, even what you even just said, you talked about those moments of guilt, those moments of doubt, those moments of shame, right? Those things that bubble up and cause us to feel like, you know, our spouse isn't interested in us, doesn't want to have intimacy with us, right? That they're heart writing us hard or being critical. And the reality of it is, as you said it so beautifully, until we learn to love and connect with ourselves, we can't love and connect with each other at the deepest level. And mm. I genuinely believe that we promote that same philosophy. And it's all the stuff that's tied to the trash from your past. Cause you're like, these things no longer serve me anymore you, until you take it out. Right. And it's the same yeah. thing until you identify yeah. and take out the trash from your past, which are the things that cause us to feel like garbage in those moments. Anytime you've got that negative emotion, it means flip open your lid and take a look inside to see what's risen to the top, not flip your lid and react with anger, but flip mm. your lid and respond with intention. And I deeply resonate with what you said. My wife and I, over these last few years, as you know, have gone through a lot to rebuild and rediscover. And we had to get to that place of pure surrender that we might not be together if we both go down this path. Mm -hmm. But two years later, I'll tell you, at least in our case, it ultimately made us stronger together and see each other at a deeper level. And the intimacy and vulnerability continues to increase. But I will also say to you that what's been fascinating is I think that both of us saw our most authentic selves when we met, Mm. when we had the curiosity, the excitement, it wasn't about judgment. It wasn't about how do I show up for this person? It was all about how do I care for this person? And at some point we lost that. And we also got into the rhythm of life and all of our armor went up and we felt like we had to hide so much in life, even from each other, which kept us further apart. And what's fascinating is once we went through this process of rediscovering self, we actually remember the people that we fell in love with because they exist again. Mm. And though it's a more evolved version of self, the part that was really fascinating is all we did was get back to our most authentic selves. It's just a stronger, more mature, more evolved version of it. And so it's like we transported from 20 to 37 and 38. Yeah. All of a sudden we wake up and we're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Right. Now that doesn't mean the work is done. Um, I would love to just take a minute if you can, because I want people to understand how to engage with you through Extremely Conscious and what you guys are doing with Singbowl and becoming people's chief growth officer, for lack of a better description, mm. to help them understand any and all ways to get creative and show up in the world in a way that helps them amplify their message, connect with others in a conscious, intentional way. 
you are doing incredible work with men, with people in organizations. And I really would like you to feature the what of what you're doing right now a little bit, because sure. I want to make sure that people in our world know how to find you and what value you can bring in their life beyond all of your wisdom. Yeah, 100%, man. I appreciate the invitation to share that. I have summarized what I'm here to create in one phrase, which is I amplify the impact of change makers. Mm. And now that can be looked at as, well, change maker is somebody who's doing massive things in the world and building big companies and employing people and giving back and saving the planets and feeding children and all these things. But, and it started like that. It was like, yeah, it is those things. I want to work with those people. I know that I can help them go to different levels. And I, and I have done that. And I have examples of it that are incredible. Uh, people that I grew up with. I have a buddy that I grew up with. Jeremy Lang is his name. Had an idea for this compostable iPhone case. And you're like, well, what's that going to do? And then you start understanding the stats about plastics in the world and stuff. And you're like, oh, actually, yeah, that could create a significant impact. And fast forward 10 years, 15 years later, it's now like a $150 million company with 300 employees. They're changing the world. So that's an example of it. But on a much more granular level, you know, a lot of people talk about this, but we are all influencers in this world where we put these people that have reach from follower counts and likes and comments and shares and stuff on a pedestal. But my kids look at me like I'm a superhero. So mm -hmm. if I just had a significant impact on them because of how they see how I show up in this world and the risks risks that I take, because I don't even believe that they are risks, just like, are you going to step in to be the version of yourself yeah. that you already yes. are, that you're just too scared to actually do, because other people are doing it. So here, grab my hand and let's go jump off this cliff together, because the other reference on all this is everything to do with the extremely conscious man. And even what we, my, what my wife and I do with our Singbull business, which is just a play on our words, by the way, her last name's Sing, mine's Turnbull. So I, I got that, but yeah, it's beautiful. It's super creative, <laughs> it's cool. right? But my, it's, my company's called the Brian Bogert Company. It's really original. There you go. Yeah, you'll have to loop your wife's name in there somehow in the future. I'm really going to drop Brian it. from it. It's probably just going to be the Bogert Companies. There you go. There you go. Now you guys will be connected. But yeah, the, the, the thing that's the constant in all of this is that if I don't jump in to that deep end and lead from the front, but then also recognize that the people that I choose to surround myself with, there's areas in their life where they're, they're elevated beyond where I am and I can learn from them. So where I used to look at my work as, yeah, you hire me and I'm your consultant, coach, mentor, whatever. It's like, I don't do that no more. I go co-create with everybody that I work with. And if it's ever deemed as like, I owe you something because you're paying me money, we're misaligned. Like we're either, we're either co-creating this big, crazy ass dream that you have, because I believe that it's possible. And you have parts where you're like, well, I'm not sure. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I know how to fill that gap. And yeah. this guy I'm going to bring in, or this gal, we're going to have this conversation. And we're going to make that happen. That's how magic happens, man. And, and we call it magic, but it's just destiny. And it's hard to even look at me using that hard word again. I'm going to correct myself. It's challenging, but not impossible to see that that sweet spot of what we seem to believe as impossible is actually possible if you just 
have the right conversations with the right people, create the right energy in the right container. Man, I've seen it so many times and it's what drives me every single day. And that's yeah. why when I show up every single day for my quote unquote work, I'm not working. I'm just living. I'm just living. Mm -hmm. And the people that are supposed to be in my life and to show up and to elevate me and that I'm supposed to serve, they show up. And the one constant is I got to show up. I just got to keep right. showing up every single day. Well, and keep showing up and keep seeking congruency and alignment. Cause it seems like that is something that's always brought you back to center when you have the awareness and ability to get in there. You know, you, you talk about this moment sitting on the surfboard when you have to walk around, look around and see the other surfers in the water and the trees off to one side and the mountains on the other. And you hear this statement, right? You've made it. Can you expand on your definition of when enough is enough? <laughs> yeah. What does it mean to have it all? And for me, I know, cause I use that phrase, have it all in life, but the actual underlying meaning that most people aren't ready to hear yet is you already do. You already have it all. It's all available to you. Everything that you desire, everything you can dream of. And at the, and at the same time, that moment is everything. It's the presence of being able to be so consciously aware that that moment that I had with my son the other morning, when I woke up feeling all the shame and guilt of going back to angry Trevor and seeing his eyes of like fear looking at his daddy and me thinking like, Oh damn, man, I don't want this. Mm -hmm. But then recognizing when I show up with vulnerability and took ownership for that. And he looks at me and gives me that big hug. It's like, it's that yeah. like, what else? Dude, I'm getting emotional thinking about this, but um, like six years ago, I just wanted to be a dad. And then it got ripped from me twice. Mm -hmm. And I held, I held my daughter in my hands as the doctors told us that there was no breath, but there was a life force there of some sort. And uh, I, it's just interesting to reflect on that because I remember what it felt like leaving the hospital that day and thinking, maybe it's not in the cards for me and just feeling devastated. And now here I am with the opportunity to be humble enough to say, I'm sorry to my six-year-old because daddy's still working through his shit from his childhood. <laughs> so, and this is it. This is what we're here for is to feel all of it and to be grateful for all of it as well. I believe if we don't feel, we don't heal. And you not only have demonstrated the importance of that, you've also shown us the depth at which you feel and the amount at which we still need to heal. It's incredible because to your point, the death by a thousand paper cuts can feel just the way that life hits us sometimes. And I see behind you a word that's very, very important to me. And we've talked about it already today, but it's two letters B. Mm -hmm. yeah. What does it mean for you to be? Spin it. There you go. There's two of them. Be grateful, be curious, be brave. What does it mean to be? It's 
first thing that comes to mind, which I won't second guess, because this is one of the other pieces that I've leaned into is like, I already know the answer. Stop second guessing yourself and judging. The being is just recognizing when you have the answer and you hesitate and therefore you should just show up, like just let whatever emotion flow through you, but then also be consciously aware enough to know like, does that serve me and the version of myself that I'm choosing to become? Mm. Yeah. So the B is just don't filter it and recognize where you're out of alignment where you get to call yourself up on your own bullshit. <laughs> and it happens every day to me, man. Every time I go upstairs in between a little work session, I'm like feeling kind of hungry right now. Should I grab that granola bar or drink some water? And sometimes I grab the granola bar and then I feel the guilt, but I'm like, ah, okay. All right. I'm going to continue to choose to do better. Well, yeah. brother, man, I believe that suffering in our world exists in four primary places internally. So things that are left unsaid, things we lack permission to feel or say, the things we lack the words to articulate or understand, or the things that are left undone. Your definition of be and the way that you've demonstrated your entire process of how you've developed to become who you are in this moment, regardless of who the world told you who to be, has hit on each one of those things. Right. You've given people permission to feel and say things that they didn't otherwise. You've given them words to articulate and understand experiences they might not have attached to in the past that allows them to be free to act and do, say and feel the things that are necessarily in life. I want to thank you for how you showed up today and how vulnerable you were and all of you that you showed. Is there any closing thought that you'd like to leave people with before I wrap? Uh, I was going to say this a few times throughout this interview and there just didn't seem to be a right time because we were going straight into another topic and I didn't want to lose the flow on that. But man, I got so much gratitude for you. There's, oh. we've only chatted three times, I think in a couple of years we've known each other. We've had online interactions and stuff and we've created contents. And of course I, mm -hmm. we each share, like we're putting our message out there, but you know, two years ago, I remember that video that you did with your wife that you put out. I was sitting in an airport in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. I remember watching that and thinking, I want to do that with my wife. Wow. And two years has gone by now where we have not yet sat down and had a real vulnerable, honest conversation publicly that many mm. behind the scenes and I feel like we're getting closer to that place where both of us are ready to fully lean into that conversation. And you played a part in that, man. Like it's a small little piece of that, but it's huge. You know what I mean? It's like, I see that and I'm like, oh. And then we were even talking about our, our mutual friend, Joe as well too. And the fact that he popped on with his wife the other day, I was like, oh, okay. All right. Char knows both of them too. She sees what's happening. All these little baby steps of bravery to start leading towards like speaking the truth out loud and letting it release us into a whole nother level of connection. I look forward to it. And yeah, I'm grateful for you, man. That's the last thing that I wanted to say is I just appreciate how you're continuing to show up every single day and what you're creating now. And, and I get so fired up when I think about all of the people that are operating at the rate and the consistency that you are in what we'll co-create together. Cause it matters to me, man. Like these four and six year old boys that I have here, 
it's a big driver. Yeah. How do you create a more beautiful world? world? You do it I'm together. Change the world yeah. for my kids, man. I mean, it's again, yeah. I want to leave leave this place better than than we left it, and I want to make sure my kids don't have to learn the hard way so many of the things that I did. And that's not that I want life to be easy for them, but it's the it's the truth. And I, I'm going to say thank you for acknowledging what you just did you know you know especially in the game that we both exist in and telling our stories and putting things out into the public i am beyond the point of needing validation through it but what i do mm -hmm. appreciate is when i know that it's had impact mm -hmm. and i never have an expectation on anything i put out on number of views comments or different things but i will tell you that the most meaningful moments for me are when someone can pause long enough to articulate a very specific moment and a very specific piece of content that hit them and resonated with them in a deep way, because I know exactly which posts you're talking about. I know yeah. where we were in our life at the time. And I even remember mm -hmm. the interaction you and I had after it. And it yeah. does all matter and it is all meaningful, but I didn't realize that that was a seed that was planted in your world that you've clearly continued to nourish and water. And so thank you for letting me know that I had any impact on the path of observation and awareness that you've gotten yourself into. Yeah, of course, man. I know the feeling. I, it's, it's no different than when I have people that pop into my world after being in this online marketing space for a better yeah. part of 15 years, you know, I built the email lists and grown the followings and stuff. And, People just show up one day on a breathwork session that we're doing for free to support people in the Better Man community mm -hmm. and say, I've been following you for six years and just like really interested in your journey along the way. And I don't know, I never really responded to anything, but I figured I'd come to this. And it's such a small <laughs> little thing for them. But for me, I'm just like, damn, man, like six years you've been following my journey and something like, finally honestly, called you in. Like honestly, that means a lot. Yeah, it makes it dude. I, I completely hear that. And that's something that we understand in our world. I mean, literally years could pass sometimes. And they're like, man, I've been following you for years. And here's here's what I want to flip to anybody who's just a consumer. Engage. Yeah, like it doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be like crazy love. You don't have to jump into people's worlds. And again, it's not for the vanity metrics that I'm asking you for you to engage. It's the connection that moves people and moved people move people when we are mm -hmm. in connection with each other. And the reality of it is, is that too many people sit on the sidelines waiting for either the perfect time or the perfect savior, or the perfect hero to ride in on that white horse and save and fix their entire life. Everything about this episode, I'm hoping you can recognize that everything is within you. And if you even feel an urge, a desire, or you watch a piece of content from anyone and you feel something, do something. Let them Hit know. like, comment, or send them a DM, even if you don't want it to be public, and just say, hey, this really hit me today. Because the reality of it is, is healers need healing too. And even the people that are putting good into the world also sometimes need that connection to be reciprocated, even if mm. it's not for validation. Because what if someone you've been chasing for five years hasn't gotten or heard from anybody? And the day that you need the message is the day they decided they're no longer creating content because they haven't heard from anybody in a year. Yep. Right? That person who's added exponential value and impact in your life for five years... What level of reciprocation can you show with just a small engagement, even if it doesn't move into their world further? 
So that's a challenge I have for everybody today. Look inward and take action on what you're called to from the outward. And I promise you, you're going to align yourself closer with you. Trevor, thank you so much for everybody. Beautiful. I hope you saw the value, the wisdom, the love that flows through this man. He is a husband. He is a father. He's a man. He's an enlightened man that is connecting and is extremely conscious in everything he does and integrates in his life. The level of damage that's been created through the anger and the protection from that 15-year-old self that was put into positions that he wasn't physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually prepared for, yet happens to so many of us at times in our lives when we don't rise to the capacity, we armor up and push down. It buries you. It will bury everyone you care about, and it will bury the dreams and the vision you have for your life until you can have the desire and have the courage to know that when you flip open the lid and look inside, when you scan your can, that if you just keep digging, you will feel less and less like trash. Everything you remove. Trevor's life is a perfect example of this. Please follow their work at Singbowl. Please go check out Extremely Conscious. Their work will move you. And when you're moved, you will move more people. Till next time, flip your lid, scan your can.